Welcome to the Books, Beards, Booze podcast, where Bob and Derek have beards, talk booze, and drink books. Something like that. All right. As always, I am Bob of Tells by Bob. I'm the Ask the Podcast, Derek. I'm your favorite, Tanya, creative consultant, Tanya. I'm your favorite. I like how she, she said that, and I started thinking. I was like, no. ah. Do I have another Tanya I like more than her after her singing you that way? You don't. You don't. Give me a, I'll, I'll, come back to me. Come back to me. I'll think I'm about it. I'm the best around. Something, something, something. Exactly. I'm the best. No. I'm the best. Just stop. I'm the best. Oh, my God. Another old internet reference. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Off air, we were talking about where's the chopstick? No, we weren't. I promise you, we weren't. Where's the chopstick? Yeah. Only people over 30 five we're gonna get that yeah so we As we the 35 year old i don't get it so okay. let's move on Oops. <laughs> since we've come back we pretty consistently on this podcast average i think it's like 25 listeners so there's 25 people out there that apparently actually really like what we do which is yes. kind of stunning really um that there's that many people with such a low gonna, bar for entertainment how are you gonna call them out like that just let them enjoy what they enjoy shit yeah thanks and, y'all Thank you. Really, thank you. Thanks. Um, y'all are literally why we do this. Um, and so, uh, but I like to think that they're all around our age, that they relate to us and that they get our old internet references. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be real sad. <laughs> they're our friends. Um, all right. So that's some <laughs> news. Um, George R. R. Martin claims to be probably three quarters done with Winds he of lies. Lies. He lies. lies. He lies like my director at work lies about us going work from home one day. Lies. <laughs> He's yeah. maybe sort of kind of maybe possibly could maybe have about three quarters of the way, maybe possibly done with maybe this other book. Possibly. Yeah. Kind I, of. Uh, to me, it was just like, it wasn't like I'm three quarters done. It's I think I'm three quarters done. Like, I mean, he's just writing it and he's like, ah, yeah, I'm probably close to the end. I think, I think they're going to split it into two books. That's my prediction. They're going to, mm. he's going to finish Wait, is this. Wait, supposed to be the last book? No, next to last. Oh, see, then. My prediction is this book is so long that they're going to, at least in the U.S. market, they'll split it into two. Um, Makes sense. Make more also sales. Yeah, they get more well, sales that way. So um, why would you think it's going to be that long? Just, I mean, because you can't base it he, off of how long he's been writing it. Because he probably each, just been each book there has, not doing each anything. each book has gotten longer than the one before it, as he's trying. Like he keeps introducing new plot threads, mm-hmm. and I think because isn't that what happened? That's what happened with the last two books. It was originally yeah, it, that was one it, book, and he. It was too long and they split it. Got it got way too big and they split it off geographically. Um, so this next book being split doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, okay. So the, you, you said something um, on the last episode that we were recording, the um, Nickelback episode. Yeah. You were talking about Malazan, Malaz, yeah, Malazan, Malazan, whatever. Yeah. Um, about Malazan. how. About how. <laughs> <laughs> about how like a lot of people were writing in this universe 
Mm-hmm. I would really like to have that happen with this Song of Ice and Fire universe because like he's written so many like little side alleys that mm-hmm. I would like to go travel down that alley and see what we got going on. But like, I don't, I don't want Martin to spend his time trying to do that. Like, but let me, let me get a, let me get a John Scalzi in here writing a little side. Something well, other. Like, I mean, the, per- the perfect, the perfect choice would be, uh, was it S.A. Corey, James S.A. Corey? Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, James S.A. Corey is actually two authors that work together to write that series. They each pick certain viewpoint characters, and then they always write those viewpoint characters. And one of the two authors, who's I can never remember their actual real names, um, is essentially like George R. R. Martin's assistant. He's nice. a He's like a guy who like helps make sure that everything is canonically accurate mm-hmm. kind of deal. Like helps keep track of stuff is my understanding. I could be horribly right. wrong on this, but I don't think I am. Um, so that would be the obvious choice. Like, hey, you know, let's get some tales of old Valeria going. You two yeah. guys write us a old Valerian series. Hey, everyone likes Starks. Do some old Stark stuff. Yeah, give me give me some more Lady Stoneheart stuff. Um, yeah. you know, hey, let's go down this little side alley we got a blurb about, you know. So yeah. I would like to see that. Let, let's expand the universe because he laid the foundation of a lot of really cool things. Yeah. He ain't never gonna touch it. So no. open it up. Yeah, no, that would be it. that would be really cool. I actually got invited by an author to write in his world. He's um he's written a trilogy and uh he invited i don't want to say the name because i ended up not doing it um yeah. but um he invited me to he's doing an anthology of short stories he's like hey just you know read read the first book if anything stands out to you write a story about it you know that's cool and that's what he's been doing um so i may jump on that Neat. um yeah so um but yes i would love to see you know stuff i'd i'd love to see more of that mm-hmm. um i was actually there's a show on youtube called uh mean reviews no stars given that i have been a guest reviewer on and had my first book reviewed on (laughs) um and the whole premise is that these books get no stars for ridiculous reasons like we come up with ridiculous dumb Mm -hmm. reasons why they they can get no stars like yes uh one of the books i read was about cryptids and i essentially said the cryptids were too scary so they get no stars (laughs) um that that kind of stuff you know um so it's all like backhanded compliments kind of deal yes um so but one of the reviews one of the series that they reviewed on there is apparently it's like a shared world where like every book is written by a different author um and i I would just like to see more of that so i'm going to check out that series do i remember the name of it no but i know what episode it was on so i can go find it but um you should go check out that series not just because i'm on it but it's funny i don't know it's it's a comedy show so it's pretty good it's on airs every tuesday on uh on the youtubes but you can watch it live and comment live but you can also just you know go watch it later um but yeah so um i'm not current on house of the dragon um and it over yes it has finished at this point Mm -hmm. and by the time this airs i will hopefully have caught up um the problem with it is, is it stresses me the fuck out. Like I enjoy it intensely as I'm watching it, 
but it's one of those just like I know bad things are going to happen that I don't want to happen. So when I'm not watching it, it stresses me out the thought of watching it. Like, oh, someone I like is going to die. Oh, no. and it stresses me, which mm-hmm. makes me not want to watch it. And then when I finally force myself to sit down and watch it, it's like, oh, this is so good. Why do I? Why am I so hesitant about watching this? I love this. This is so good. Until um, someone gets got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've already killed one person I liked. So cool. cool. No, that's- I think. I think oh, the yeah, be- you I think didn't the- watch Game of Thrones. No, like you, I've seen. You've got to learn to not like people. Yeah, yeah, don't don't I, get I, emotionally invested. I I think the later seasons. the The plan is for this to be four seasons long. Um, they've got it plotted out. It'll be four seasons. Um, I think the later seasons will be better because this season really was almost like a prequel season because it's mm-hmm. really like just laying all the groundwork and there's a ton like it covers like twenty five years. There's a ton of time jumps, which is fine, um, but it's it's all like super critical information, but it's also like, I don't like the time jumps. I'm ready for it to quit. Like, oh, cool. I, I like these characters. Oh, great. It's it just yeah, now we're a, gone. It just jumped a dozen years and now we've recast everyone except for the guy I hate the most is smug fuck. Um <laughs> And so he's like the only person that they never recast for some unfathomable reason. Motherfucker. Um, (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah, I know y'all aren't watching it, but for those who are deeply invested in my watching of house of the dragon, there you go. There's my update. Um, Some other kind of quick little blurbs of news. Uh, Rick Riordan has announced that there's going to be a new Percy Jackson and the Olympians book. Oh, I did. Um, I heard that. Yeah. It's going to be the chalice of the gods. And Disney Plus is adapting the series into a show that's going okay. supposedly going to air September 26th of next year. Nice. Um, we'll see. And then, like, the next paragraph, this news article was just, like, a bunch of, like, quick blurbs of news. Um, and it says, and I quote, in other less palatable news, plans have been scrapped by Henry Holt Books for young readers to publish the middle grade horror novel The Crooked Door by Brad McClelland and Louis Sylvester, Sylvester. After allegations were revealed in the Hulu documentary, Keep This Between Us, about Sylvester having an inappropriate relationship with a teenage girl while teaching in Texas. Yikes. So Yikes. sounds like there's a lot going on there. Um, Yikes. That's a lot of news to pack into one um, paragraph. And it's like, like the farther you read it, the more intense it got. It's like, oh, middle grade horror novel, you know, allegations revealed, Hulu documentary, inappropriate. Like, just got it. It was a lot. It was a lot to take in. Um, so that was dramatic. Anyway, yay, Percy Percy Jackson book. Um, I haven't read them. I keep meaning to. We've got them laying around here somewhere, and I just haven't read them. I know they'd be super quick reads. Um. But I'm also not super huge on Greek mythology. Like, it's one of my least favorite mythologies. So that's kind of what's held me back. It's because you're a hipster. It's okay. That's fair. That's fair. I'm I'm waiting for the kiddo to decide that he likes reading so that we can dive into some good shit. Because, like, mm, I would like to read that with him. I mean, uh, his mom mom wants him to read Harry Potter, and I will begrudgingly go along with that. But let's get some Percy Jackson. Wait, hold on, hold on. It's going to be a long time before he's ready to read Harry Potter. Don't. They they were, you're supposed to read them along with Harry as he ages. So book one, you should approximately 11. 
I thought he was like 12, but yeah, still, but it was like 12 and then it's like seven. Like it's going to be a while. Uh, maybe. So, maybe. Um, maybe. I don't know. Wait, why, why are we hesitant? Why, why do you not want to read Harry Potter? I thought everyone said Harry Potter was good. There's better no, fantasy. Good. It oh, is good. Yeah. It's, but... it's, it's, it, it has ripped off other things and there's just better options. Like okay. it's nothing. There's no, I mean, like it's fine. It's fine. It's very popular. Um, mm-hmm. There's just, so there's some better fantasy out there weird aside i got drunk with an author um at multiverse that i went and followed him on twitter Mm -hmm. and uh there's a very convincing argument that his mom uh jan yolen jan jolen i'm never saying her name right um essentially wrote harry potter before uh, with like the Harry Potter is a ripoff of her series. Um, it her is. Book. So I mean, Harry um, Potter is a ripoff. That is that yeah. has been that's been so, established. So it was but, neat. It, he was really cool guy. We had a we had a blast. Yeah. We stayed up till three o'clock in the morning drinking Guinness. Well, he didn't drink. He doesn't drink at all. But I stayed up till three in the morning um, drinking Guinness. Good times. Um, so I know we have. Uh, it seems like here lately it's a lot of British news. Um, we did Liz Trust last time. Now we're talking about Prince Harry. Um, one, Look, I they... know that you, I know that you started getting into Doctor Who, but come on, man, come relax. on, relax, relax. Well, so they announced the title of Prince Harry's book. Um, that's going to be apparently controversial or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. His like new autobiography. It's mm-hmm. called Spare, and I, I just saw the headline. I didn't read any farther. Fundamentally, I don't care about the royal family um i'm much more interested in british politics not the royal family um but it makes me wonder was is it called spare because he's the spare heir you know if william were to die he's the spare i, I don't know yeah maybe. my assumption is that what it means and yeah. also i'm not yeah. surprised and also i don't care and also the yeah. book's probably going to be trash probably yeah. anyway so that's where i come but, down on that but, I know you but why that why we're talking about prince harry is men are paying nearly four thousand dollars in England for beard hair transplants. Um, and it people think it's because of Prince Harry. So uh, a London hair transplant clinic said it's noticed a 25% rise in the number of people who want to have surgery to emulate the 38 year olds quote unquote golden chin. Uh, a quote from their CEO of the Wimpole clinic Prince Harry looked spectacular in recent coverage. His facial hair capped a really handsome look, and it seems that trendsetters have taken notice. Since his beard hit the front pages, we've been bombarded with inquiries for our popular beard transplants. We've had a 25% uptick in requests. It's an easy procedure, and the masculine look is now very much in vogue again. Harry is a great role model for young men. (laughs) So, um neat yeah yeah that fucks with beard I mean, transplants yeah i'm very i'm very pro beard so yeah that's cool yeah. um yeah. he's a he's another ginger bearded chap so well, well you know if you if you can't make your own store bots fine so get it. <laughs> yeah there we go yes um i've i've i watch a ton of videos of like pimple popping and Ugh. ear wax removals and stuff like that and um part of something that built off of that was like hair transplant videos 
Um, those are nowhere near as cool, but they are real weird looking. So I can only imagine what a beard transplant looks like. Like, mm. where do they take your beard hair from? Because it's kind of curly. It's, it's like your it's from your butt or your balls. It's got to be. Did you hear about that bachelor party? No. Where uh, they glued a beard onto the best man or not the best man onto the groom. Mm-hmm. And he kept it on all weekend and like on like they went on like they went deep sea fishing. So mm-hmm. he had this beard glued on his face the whole time. Mm-hmm. And when they got back to shore, uh, all the guys dropped trout and revealed that the <laughs> hair on his face, they had shaved their balls. And that was where all the <laughs> hair came from. <laughs> That's great. That oh, is my God. Classic. Oh, I love it. You know love why it. they showed it when they got to shore is because otherwise he would have killed them and dumped their body in the ocean in the for the sharks. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh man, I would just that imagine not- him like drinking a drink and being like, oh, a little hair in my drink. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How was that cubes. not the response when he woke up and realized they had glued something to his face? <laughs> uh, he wasn't asleep when they glued in. it. I, I, if I remember, if memory serves, he wasn't like asleep. They just like, that was part of it. Like that was part of the thing was so yeah. Wow. Like obviously they didn't like shave where he could see, you know, I guess they had little baggies of their hair saved up or something. I don't know. Yikes. There's a lot of, there's a lot of questions here that we don't want answers to. I didn't um, want to know about this. Yeah. No dramatic. That's, that's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Um, oof. Yikes. So I've I've done some things to people while they were asleep, like drawn on their face and stuff like that. But never glued uh, your pubes to their face. Never. Yeah. Never. Never come close. Um, I did. I did witness uh, one friend of ours teabag another friend of ours. um, Well, as you do. uh, But to this day, he swears they never touched me. It's like, okay, (laughs) okay. We heard sure. him. We heard him smack your forehead, bro. Like <laughs> they touched, um, but whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> since we, God, we've just gotten the more we do this, the weirder we fucking get. Um, I love it. It's anyway. It's not a. It's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a feature, ex- not a bug. I mean, yeah. exactly the same amount of weird. Y'all just go off the rails. <laughs> That's fair. You're the straight yes. man on here. That's so what I do. It's what, you know, it just really throws us into contrast. Oh my God. Yes. So, You're the anchor, Derek. You're yes. the anchor. <laughs> so um, this week's topic is a redo. So for those who've been with us since the beginning, you will remember that the first two seasons, creative consultant Tanya was not a host. She oh. guested on a couple of bonus episodes but she was not a regular on the show. Um, so we thought it would be cool to, and totally not because we were low on ideas, um, to go back and redo some of the, the topics we liked the most with her on. So this time we're doing our book covers topic, which is not where we talk about our favorite book covers. Um, Ooh, but that is real- a good, I do like Is that. it though? Hard to, we can't, hard to do. We, yeah, we can't show. Oh, although that said, oh, what if we did it where we describe the cover and make people guess? Like, <gasps> okay. So spoiler, y'all just got a heads up on what a, one of our future book topics is going to be. I like that. All right. I like that. So, be a so all right. Yeah, it's yes. going to be great. Let me, oh my God. Let me tell you about the best thing that happened at Multiverse. Oh, um, 
This was so good. So everyone knows that authors doing book readings is the worst, right? That's always super boring. Um, I guess if you know you're like a huge fanboy of that series, it's cool. But for the most part, they're they're not great. So it was called Story Time. And they did one during the day, the story time. Oh, and at night, yeah. they did adult story time. And I uh-huh. went to adult story time. And what it was, was authors who wanted to participate brought prizes to be raffled off. And they got to do a five-minute reading. But how you got raffle tickets was the author would say, okay, this scene has three people in it. I need three volunteers. And for each time you volunteered to go up on stage and act out what's happening you would get a raffle ticket nice okay um so imagine me up on stage uh acting out as a woman possessed by like an egyptian goddess sucking off a a a guy possessed by an incubus on stage yeah. Um, yeah. Acting yeah. it, not actually doing it, but acting it out. Like uh-huh. shit got ridiculous. It was hilarious. Like I, I, oh god, it was so funny. It was so, so funny. similar, similar to the uh, hentai panel at Dragon yes. Con. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was that right. level of humor. Like a lot of nice. them were kind of more conventional readings. They were maybe more action packed. Like one was like a, of a Bigfoot chasing this guy down, and like killing somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite role was I was, I was just told like, all right, you're going to be the corpse this is like a um this is like a private detective kind of story like you're the dead body so i just lay down right and partway through i learned because they don't tell you anything ahead of time other than like mm-hmm. okay you're going to be like one of them, like you're the ship's captain um and this is going to be your first mate and these other two people are such and such and such and such and y'all are trying to keep them from getting somewhere all right. Well, in this one, I was like, okay, you're going to be the cops. You're going to be the PI and you're going to be the dead body. And it's like a fantasy kind of thing. It's like, okay. cool. And turns out I was the body of a necromancer. So I <laughs> reanimated partway through and then nice. they killed me again. Nice. Um, it was great. Uh, so good. Anyway, so that was a ton. That was a lot of fun. So um, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So anyway, back on topic. Our Our topic this time is book covers and not what the cover of the book is, but if there was a book that we, if, if authors covered books, the way that bands covered songs, what book would you like covered by what author? And as usual, I have many answers. So I will pick one of mine to go first and then um, we'll, we'll move around. Okay. So I'm going to my first one, I'm just going to go how I have them written, not necessarily the order that I would want them, but um, the Dresden series mm-hmm. covered by Anne Bishop. Why so, her? Because I have, for someone who writes urban fantasy, I have not read a ton of urban fantasy, mm-hmm. um, but I have read a lot of Anne Bishop. And she has an urban fantasy series, so I know she can write urban fantasy. And I like her writing so much more than Dresden, um, than than Jim Butcher's Dresden writings. If yeah. he if he wrote Dresden as good as he wrote Codex Alara or Cinder Spires, I'd have no problem with Dresden. I just don't, for whatever reason, I just can't get into Dresden. Um, 
it ticks a ton of boxes I'm interested in. I just don't like the way he wrote them. Um, okay. So, yeah. uh, but I do, I do really like Ed Bishop. She's one of my favorite authors. She does write urban fantasy. I'd like, I think I'd be interested to see her take on Dresden. Um, yeah. She does really cool world building. And so mm-hmm. I'd like to see her kind of, Oh, I think she'd have a lot of fun with it. So that is my, my first pick. Um, okay. Anne Bishop covering the Dresden files. Nice. Nice. And yes. she's, she's able, she has a, a couple different series with a lot of books in them. Yes. Like, and, um, you know, with the Dresden, Black, you get a bunch of different books. Yeah. So. Dresden is up to like 14 or 15, I think. Still mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He, he had a lag there. Like the most recent book was like, I think there was like a two year lag. He had a bunch of stuff going on in his life. Yeah. I can't remember what, like maybe a house burned down or something. Um, and so there was a bit of a lag. So I also another I, cinder spire book. Right. Um, what I was told, what I've been, what I've learned recently is that book seven, he actually wrote book seven to be an entry point to the series. So you could have read nothing before that and start at book seven and dive in. I think that, that book's called fun. I think that book is called Changes. And by mm-hmm. that point, his writing has got to be better than the first three. And but apparently it's also marked kind of a tonal shift mm-hmm. about in the series. So I may try that at some point. I may yeah, I, I may try should... starting at seven and taking it from there. We'll see. Um yeah. but yes, and so but Anne Bishop uh Black Jewels is up to eleven books now. Um it's I thought going. she was I yeah, I thought she was done with it, um, but she had two books come out in the past couple of years in that. I haven't read them yet, um, but I need to because they're great. And then she she has the Others series, which had I saw I saw I saw your cat in the background. Oh, there. Oh, 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 Lord, he coming. <laughs> she bulbous. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, she. uh the other series has five books in the first one and then three books in the second series of it. So that's up to eight. And one of those books just came out. So um, yeah, or maybe it's the first book in a new trilogy set in the world. I forget. Anyway. Yes. You can write long series. So yeah, that, that would be my pick. All right. Derek. Okay. Uh, so I have, so basically I have one book, but I have two different authors that I want to see write the same series basically mm-hmm. for uh-huh. different reasons. Okay. Um, so we'll just do one of them. Uh, so I want to see someone else write Simon R. Green's Deathstalker books. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Because I really like the world and the pulp feel and like all the different characters and stuff. But there are aspects of those books that I would like to see other authors tackle because I feel like they could do it maybe maybe not better, but different in a way that yeah. I would like to enjoy reading. So you know he's uh, not a very well regarded author. No, no, he's not. Which is sad because I really like him. I like Deathstalker. I've read well, other books by him. I love the Hawk and Fisher, which is really not a well regarded series, but that I love that series. It comes off as very pulpy and yeah. um I think that's what people don't like about it, but that's He's why I, fun. 
Uh, I, 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 that's a, that's another conversation. Um, there is some fun to be had in it, but I think that the pulpy nature is just coming from the, the way it just reads as an invent and as an adventure. And he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's overly concerned with any literary aspect. He's just telling an adventure's tale. He doesn't care how it comes off. He just kind of goes with it, but there are other authors who do seem to care more about the construction. And I could be completely wrong, but this is just my opinion. The construction of the story and the narrative and stuff like that. There are things that he doesn't seem to really care about that much that Mm -hmm. other people do that I would like to see them tackle his things. So, like, for example, I want to see Fonda Lee write the Deathstalker books. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because uh, the Deathstalker books have a lot of, like, Really interesting, powerful, and unique characters from all different types, all over the all over the uh, universe and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, but it kind of felt, and and a lot of the adventure and the stories end up with these unique individuals crossing paths and causing friction against each other and ended ending up fighting or interacting in some way, shape, or form. So there's a lot of fights in these books, but the fights are usually very kind of one note. And they're not, and they're kind of vague. Like they'll just be like, okay, and, that, and you know, they're fighting a lot, and there's a lot happening and stuff like that. But there's no intensity or specifics in a lot of situations. They just like, oh, and then this happens, and this happens, and then that's it. But like with Fonda Lee's experience with martial arts and the way she wrote her fight scenes in the Greenbone Saga books, like I would like to see her have those same pieces to create fighting with them. And then also I just feel like she does a good job of enter, like putting in characterization in the course of a fight as well. So it's not just a fight. So I would love to see her write those books. Yeah. Well, she also, there's a lot of noble houses in stalker and Mm -hmm. she, she does that kind of house on house action. I had not even considered that, but no, yeah, that makes sense too. I like it. I like the yeah. way she writes um, action to your point, you know, and um, remember she she's very similar to the way that um, Sanderson is like when they talk about something in a fight, they remember where things are placed in the scene. Yes. Um, and, you know, they just have that good spatial awareness mm-hmm. when, you yeah. know, talking about fight scenes and things like that. So, right. yeah, I would I would read more Fonda yeah. fight stuff. I'd mm-hmm. fuck with that. What about you, um, Tanya? What's one of yours? Okay, oh, no, so, I, need, I need you to do one of mine. Oh, yeah, you need to oh, okay. do Yeah, 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 yeah. I, so my next pick is uh, Malazan, covered yes. by Glenn Cook. Um, because my favorite parts Ooh. of Malazan are all parts <gasps> that are very Glenn Cookie. Um, like Gl- Glenn Coco. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. You go, um, Glenn Coco. Um, Look at that cute cat. Oh, she's just so precious. Sorry. Wow. I just show I just show you my cat. <laughs> That's aggressive. That's aggressive. <laughs> um so uh book now for the the Books Bridge Booze only fan coming soon to a <laughs> to a platform near you. Just face palming, just Derek face yeah. palming. That's what's <laughs> happening. Um, but no, so here's my problem with Lazon is that I think I think I like the overarching story, but I one don't really know what it is, and two it takes too long to get there. 
And neither of those are things that I have problems with with Glenn Cook. I've never read a Glenn Cook book and wondered, wonder where this story's going, you know? Like, no, it's very clear. It's we're we're battling person X. We're involved in war Y. We're, you know, like, Kena has to fucking die. Like, yes. And it it's a lot more to the point. And I just, I don't know. I just, I like his writing more, which is probably intensely controversial. I think most people would agree that Steven Erickson is probably a better at prose than Glenn Cook, but fuck it. I like Glenn Cook more. So um, Malazan would have been like a third of the length that Glenn Cook wrote it. And I'd probably be a much happier camper. So yeah, there's my, there's my, my second pick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I want, Ready Player One, mm-hmm. redone by one of these three. I have three different offers. Either, either one of them could redo it, and I would be pleased. Um, Clive Barker turning Ooh. it into like a a spoopy kind of thing. Yeah. I would that would be so fun. Otherland. Yeah. So you're like you're strapped in your little you know Oculus suit thing, and then I don't know zombies. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like something yeah. spoopy. Um, Hellraiser coming up the hell right now. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, you're in your trailer stack. Yeah, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or Neil Gaiman. Yeah, because I like the way Gaiman writes. You know, his his stuff is it would be slightly more purple, but not as stuffy. You know, as we would get if you know, say Sanderson or Martin redid it. So you'd get a little bit more purple stuff, like purple language. Yeah, be more palatable. And I It'd think be weirder, you know, which I'm here for. Yeah, I'm here for. I'm here for that. Yeah. Or um, having Ready Player One redone by Andy Wire. Um, he oh, wrote The Martian. Martian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Artemis. Another one. Uh, Artemis. Yeah. Yeah, because like his uh, POV for like Mark Watney, um, the main character in The Martian, that guy was, you know, he was witty, he was smart, but there was some technical stuff and there was like a good balance of that, um, which I kind of think Ready Player One was lacking. There wasn't a lot of person-ness. It was all just. I, of those three, I think I would go Clive Barker just because I'm more of a horror guy, but I think any of those would. I honestly, as much as I love Neil Gaiman, he would be my last pick of those three. Yeah. Um, I think Andy Weir would do good with that, though. He does technical well. And so I feel like that could benefit from a little bit of technical sprucing up. But um, yeah, I think Clyde Barker would be my favorite because it would just be a darker take. So it Mm -hmm. it would essentially be Otherland by um, what's his name? Uh, Tad Williams. Yeah, um, I just let's just change it up, you know. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me a cover, but put it in a different genre. You know, honestly, I think I would like it a lot more if instead of being based in '80s fandom, if it had been based in like late '90s, um, early 2000s fandom, like mm-hmm. like the shit we were into in high school. Yeah. Um, I would love that a lot more, but like that was very much an homage to a time period that I just don't really remember. Cause I was four. It was right. a little before my time. Yeah. 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 We were, we were not the target demographic, but no. yeah, um, let's, let's redo it. Make it K-pop. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Derek, let's... what's, what's... 
yeah, I, just trying to solve a baby a baby metal puzzle. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Derek. What what's uh what's your other author? So uh, the other person that I want to see write the Deathstalker books is uh, Nicholas Eames. Ooh. <laughs> Yes, because, uh, you know, the Deathstalker books have a lot of very different characters. And while like Simon R. Green peppers in some humor here and there, I think my favorite aspect of Eames' work in Kings of the Wild was the uh, the interactions among the group. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like Green's focus was like on the adventure and not really the characters or their interpersonal dynamics so much. Like there was a little bit of that there, just enough to move the the adventure forward. Mm -hmm. Um, but for someone like Eames, like I felt like the strength of Kings of the Wild was how heartfelt and real the relationships between the characters actually felt. So sending him to write the, the Deathstalker books, um, to have them going on this gallivanting journey across space to, to do all this badass stuff and start a rebellion, but having more invested in their interpersonal relationships and more probably be funnier as well i just think that would be a that would be fucking awesome i want to say this i would rather nicholas eames wrote ready player one yeah yeah he i does. would fu- yeah oh yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i can see that yeah mm-hmm. he does a bunch of like pop culture references works him in naturally now Yep, a more musical based, and I'm just mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. he's a better writer, so and a better yeah. constructor of narrative. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a low bar, but there wasn't really a story or a narrative no. in Ready Player One. <laughs> it was just an endless commercial. So, yeah, it was yeah. VH1's "We Are the '80s." <laughs> in book oh form. man, pop up video used to be so good. I, I still every really so often like go watch the Rick Astley. Never gonna, uh, never gonna give you up. Pop up video. It's real good. There's a, there's a lot going on in that video that you don't realize. Um, I so. just listen to that song for legitimate reasons. Like he's, Rick, he's Rick roll me singer. all day. I don't care. Like I he's, love that song. Yeah, go, go listen to some of his other stuff. He's really good. Um, I learned from the pop up video that, uh, the the record execs did not believe that that was his voice. They thought it was a, a Millie Vanilli thing because he's mm-hmm. such a you know pasty redhead ginger guy that they're like mm-hmm. no that, that's not you um where is he is he hiding under the desk where's the person <laughs> actually singing um, i'm getting punked right now pop-up video uh okay so here's my last so the problem with Redwall is that it's really targeted to to the youths mm-hmm. and i'm no longer one of the youths. Mm-hmm. And so I like to every so often go back and read some Redwall books, but uh, you know, they're, they just don't really hold up when you're in your, in your mid to late thirties. Um, so I would like someone to rewrite any of the Redwall books targeted more towards adults. And my pick for that would be David Gimmel. Okay. He does okay. he does sieges very well. And there mm-hmm. are a lot of sieges in the Redwall series, um, and his he does interconnected well. So like his his Drenai saga is very similar to the Redwall saga in that's like okay they're all in this shared world but they're separated by you know this one's separated by a hundred years this one's separated by 
200 years da 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 like it's if you think about it there's a lot of parallels between the Denai saga and the Redwall series mm-hmm. so um and I just really like David Gimmel he's really good unfortunately he's dead so no hope of that but um yeah I think David Gimmel doing Redwall would be fantastic like an adult Redwall would be fantastic god that would be good that's a good I did like the Redwall books yeah they're they're cute Thank you. Talking about something to read with a kiddo. There you go. Redwall. He does like critters. Yeah. He likes scaly critters. He doesn't like the cute fluffy things that everyone else likes. Then read read Pearls of Lutra because it has monitor lizards. He does love lizards and snakes. Okay. Um, Redwall has a snake. Um, Evil snake. The naked snake. Yeah, um, he's he's a cobra for Halloween. Made him a costume. He's got like a big cobra hood. Nice, nice. Fighting GI Joes left and right. Not those kind of cobras, but yes. Uh, um, so I'm going to share this. Someone uh, again talking about multiverse. Someone did a bunch of like animal art that was like looked kind of red wall ish, and I was like, uh-huh. oh hey, all this art. Like, are you doing something with this? Is this like part of a like a world a you're building or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we got to talking and they, they turned me on to on Twitter. There is Redwall feasts bot and just like every like 12 hours or something like that. Every few hours, it posts a excerpt from a food scene in Redwall. So hmm. like the, one of the more recent ones is three trolleys were laden with buffet lunch beetroot potato and radish soup rye bread and cheese elderberry and larkspur cordial followed by a dessert of elderberry pie with yellow summer cream and like i don't know just give me the food yeah give me the food like let (sighs) me eat it yeah so yeah so that was we need a red wall festival so that people just bake a bunch of stuff and then we come dressed up like chipmunks and badgers and eat food Fancy food yeah. in a castle besieged by badgers. Weasels. Yeah. No, the badgers are the good guys. Okay. The weasels are the bad guy. Yeah. I are a baboon. Oh. I are a weasel. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I am that came a weasel. up yesterday, day before. Anyways, yeah. No, it came up. It came up. Baboon cheeks. I'm sorry. Uh, oh my God. Sla- slapping the baboon cheeks? Yes. Why are we no. clapping oh cheeks? Oh my God. All right. We're going to take a, we're gonna take a detour. <laughs> <laughs> this this I, show is nothing but a detour all oh the my time. God. So that was we, my bad. We, Sorry. We decided that <laughs> basically one of our D D players has uh been working for like 30 days straight. So uh he finally had a Friday night free. But one of our other D D players had a child recently, and they're not quite ready to start leaving the house because of vaccination reasons, you know, like getting, mm-hmm. g- got to wait on the kid to get old enough to get vaccinated, yada, yada, yada. So we couldn't play our D&D campaign. And this was kind of sprung on me last minute. So I was like, oh, let me quickly look through my, look through my books. What, a, what game do I have that we could make characters very quickly and play in the same night? Mm-hmm. And so I dug out Troika. Um, I appreciate you saying that correctly. Yeah, they the the title is Troika with an ex, ex, exclamation point. And so if I didn't say it 
as though the exclamation point was very clearly visible, they were like, no, say it again. So it's <laughs> Troika. Um, and in that, you can just roll 2d6 to see what your character background is. And nice. so Derek got Parchment Witch, which mm-hmm. is basically like a lich that you, has paper skin. Um, and is scared of rain and fire. Be oh well, yeah. as you do, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, one of our players was a befowler of ponds who worships like a pond god, and yada yada yada. Well, then one guy was a member of Miss Kinsey's dining club, <laughs> and so when you roll your background, you get like some items, and his item was like a set of like metal teeth. Um, nice that you you can use to eat like basically anything chomp, 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 chomp. I love yeah this. yeah sharp pointy teeth um and so uh because of that uh i was just playing the camp the adventure that's in the back of the book which is you show up at this hotel and they tell you that there's a feast going on up on the roof and you're like oh cool we're gonna go up there and you can either take the elevator up or you can take the stairs up and every floor you go some event happens. And so the player who played the person from Miss Kinsey's dining club, uh, Hans, he, Hans was uh, like eating things along the way. But the reason he was adventuring because he'd eaten all the conventional things. Now he was trying to eat new things. And so this hotel, the servants were all mandrills, which are basically kind of like a baboon. And so at some point it was decided that he really wanted to eat one of them red cheeks. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> and the cheeks. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. as I was doing this, like, you know, this is this, this world and setting is kind of silly, kind of Monty Python esque type silly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I think I would enjoy a kind of a darker version of this. And, um, Without my guidance, that the session ended with them literally tack, tackling the guy that the feast was in honor of and eating him. I like it. Yeah, it was after it was, I, I put was, out the fire <laughs> that one of us yeah. lit him on fire, but I'm scared of fire. Yeah, because so yeah, you're put paper, it out. paper, you're a paper person. Yeah, yeah right. I immediately put it out. No, like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, but then <laughs> it's like it was a reflex, the, man. Then they then they killed him and ate him and fed the feast with him. So nice. it got dark. Um, <laughs> Tasty, funny, delicious, so but dark. Yeah. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I like it. Um, so yeah, cannot recommend Troika enough. It was uh I'm sorry, Troika. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a lot of fun and it was very easy to get into. The rules are pretty simple. Like I I think Derek would agree, like we made characters in what 15 minutes we had three characters something like that yeah and the longest part of that was copying the shit onto your character sheet look any game that you can get me through characterization in less than two hours is a fast game yeah and then like the rules are are really simple so um yeah it was neat yeah i like it um so yeah sharp pointy um, teeth yeah it, it it was cool. Um, so uh the the first person you meet on the elevator is this nice old lady who asks you a bunch of questions 
And if you answer them truthfully, she will give you a bonbon with a random effect. And so, Uh and she tells you like, I recommend that you save it till after the feast. So of course my players just immediately. Immediately. Yeah. So, well, to be fair, she had not said that yet. Well, once, you hadn't even finished once, going through everybody. At once that point. the Befowler of Pawns ate his, she's like, oh, I would really, I would really save that. And then you ate yours. And then the Mandrill was eating his already. And then so the Befowler of Pawns, his caused him to levitate a few inches off the ground. Uh, the one that Derek ate caused him to burp bubbles for the next hiccup. hour. Hiccup. Yeah, hiccup, <laughs> hiccup bubbles for the next that, hour. So I'm just sitting here going, nice. Every yeah. few seconds. Same as the mandrel. And then the member of Miss Kinsey's dining club tossed the bonbon and ate the wrapper. Fuck. <laughs> 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 All right. So I knew I knew at that point I was in for a treat. I was in for a ride. Um, <laughs> it was nice. It was dramatic. Um so yeah. Uh all right. Well. I feel like I feel like we've covered the topic. Do you have anything you want to add on your on your book covers? Negative. No. All right. I mean, unless we want to like, you know, one of you on Twitter get out there and at Nicholas Eames and get him to be like pretty. Tell him to write a space opera. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Let's go. I I can fuck with that. Yep. Mm -hmm. I wonder he he the plan was for that to be a trilogy, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I believe so. I wonder where he's at on that. I don't know. Let me Should look soon. Hopefully. Yeah. One would hope I haven't been keeping up with them. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we did have a whole panini between, you know, last, yeah. the last book and now. So, so the first one was like eighties rock. Mm-hmm. The next one was like punk nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Like early punk. Mm-hmm. So like, what's the next one going to be like grunge. You think God mm. K-pop? No, nah, it's going to be two thousands new metal. <gasps> Ooh. Or boy bands, how dare Instinct, you? Instinct, how and dare you? Backstreet Boys, and Ninety Eight Degrees. Yes, Destiny's Child, all that shit. I'm just trying to think. So, like, the first one was, you know, every character was based on a a player in a band, and then you know the next one kind of played into the the punk tropes. Mm-hmm. I mean, a boy band would fit kind of that theme for a party. Um, uh-huh. I hope it's not that. Um, but oh, let's get ridiculous. No, because then you're gonna have your original characters being like, "This is bullshit," <laughs> and so you get like the the old guard new kind of rivalry. Mm, yes, give me give me the five man boy band. They're they look real good, but they go out in arenas and they're not actually fighting anybody because they can't actually do any of the stuff. I would actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. I like hmm. it. I like it. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Well, on that note, in the uh, in the coming week, as you take the elevator of life, if an old lady asks you questions, I hope you that that you answer her truthfully, and that you get a tasty bonbon out of it. And as always, may the blessing of the beard be upon you. Okay. Bye. Thank you for checking out Books, Beards, Booze. As always, you can give us a like and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. And if you got some time, why not go by our website, tellsbybob.com, all part of the Tales by Bob podcast network.
this podcast is part of the Tales by Bob Network. To see all our great shows, go to talesbybob.com.